Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Well, good evening, church. Good to see you. I hope that you're doing well. I hope that you have a turkey. Uh, are you going to be having turkey this weekend or something? Maybe so, maybe not. Hallelujah. In all this, God is good, right? I, I really believe that God is at work and there's things that he wants to do. Uh, I don't think that he is distant. I believe he's here. And uh, I pray that this evening God will touch your heart move you in a special way, in a unique way. We'll be having communion. If you didn't have the chance or if you didn't, if you didn't take one, there's some in the back. Uh, is there, do you all have a communion cup? If you don't, raise your hand. Someone's going to bring it to you. Okay, we got a few over here. So Suzanne, if you want to do that, that would be awesome. Good stuff. So this is Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> and we know that we're not just called to be thankful once a year. It's a way of life, right? Uh, you'll find in the Bible so many mention of thanksgiving. Actually, when you see the topic of prayer, you see thanksgiving. And so what we're going to do in the next two weeks, we'll put an, an emphasis on prayer. And tonight, this evening, we'll talk about thanksgiving. So I would ask you to stand. And we're just going to present ourselves before the Lord this evening. Yeah, Father, we give you glory and honor. You're so amazing. We bless you, Father. We turn our hearts to you. We acknowledge you as our God. We bend our knees before you. We declare that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, as there's no one that compares with you, Father. You're so amazing. And with the angels, the archangels, with the uh, elders in heaven, we, uh, we throw ourselves at your feet. With our spiritual eyes, we see you this evening, and we give you all the praises. Father, you are aware of everyone in this place. You're uh, concerned for every need. You are uh, desiring to minister and show yourself to all of us. And Father, I just pray that something uh, supernatural would happen in our hearts this morning, uh, this evening, that you would do uh, this, this awesome work that you do so well. So we say yes to what you want to do. We say yes to what you want to say. Father, I just pray that you would have your way in this place. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may grab a seat. So we've been talking so far in the last weeks on DNA, why we're here and what is the plan of God when it comes to the church. And one of the reasons why I had at heart to talk about our DNA, what we believe, or what we value, and what we want to practice it's because I believe that God is not done working in our lives and working through us. I look at where we are as a church. We look at, at where we are when it comes to the time we live in. I really believe that God wants to arise in our lives and he wants to arrive in your life. And he wants to reveal himself and like never before. Like I've never been... I've never been alive when it comes to, well, I've never been alive. When it comes to my life, this is the, uh, probably I've never seen that, and most of you too, we've never encountered a season like we are in today. And in and, and, and all this, I know one thing is, is that God wants to reveal himself, and he wants to show himself in a powerful way. So I'm expecting a lot. And the reason why we're talking about our DNA and our values is to set us up or to prepare ourselves to what God's going to do and what God wants to do through me and you. Can you tell your neighbor, prepare yourself? 
Prepare yourself. I really believe it's a time of preparation. I really believe that God wants to work into our lives in, in, a, in a powerful, revealing way. And one of the things that is necessary, I believe, for us to move forward, it's to have a heart of thanksgiving. I believe this world is in need of hope. And, and the beauty is that we have hope inside of us because Jesus is in our lives. And I, and I believe that we are the salt of the earth and we are the light of the world. And I believe that when we open our mouth, it, it should point to Jesus. I believe that when we, should, when we do our life, it should declare the wonders of the Lord because there's so much fear, there's so much confusion, there's so much lostness, if that's a word. And, and the thing is, we have Jesus in our lives and, and, and Jesus wants to bubble through our lives. And one of this way, it's to, it's to have a life of gratitude. You know, we can focus on what we don't have we can focus on what we wish would be. And we know that when it comes to life, it's never a straight line. But one thing that we have to testify is God has been faithful and will always be faithful. Amen? And we want to take a focus on that. We want to take a focus on the fact that God uh, is faithful and he never changed. And what we are called to do is to keep our eyes on him. If you have your Bible... Take a look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15. Paul is talking to the church and he says, See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all the people. In other words, to those that are believers, those that are close, people that are close to you, but to everyone. In verse 16, this is where it starts to be a little tough. He says, always be joyful. That's a challenge, right? Never stop praying. I'll talk about that next week. Be thankful in all circumstances. The will of God is for me to be thankful in every circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belongs to Christ Jesus. So to be thankful in all circumstances. Is it hard? <laughs> yeah. Right? Is it hard? Absolutely. In all circumstances, I'm called to praise God. I'm called to focus on him. And it's not an easy thing, right? When I look at this verse, I say, God, how do you do it? How do I do this, right? How can I be thankful in all circumstances? Because it's not natural to me to be thankful and say, praise God, hallelujah, whatever the situation is, because I see him, it's not easy, right? It's not, it's not something that maybe for some more than others, but in general, it's not an easy thing to be grateful, right? I, I look at this verse and I say, God, how, how can I see that in my life? Then I take a look at Psalm 34, verse 1. If you look at, verse, at, at, these, at these verses, it says, I will praise the Lord at all times. Wow. <laughs> praise the Lord at all, at all times. I will constantly speak his praise. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. So you look at this verse. It's, it's a hard thing to do, right? I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak of his praise. So what comes out of my mouth is praises of God. I will boast only, of, uh, only in the Lord. So when I talk, I will always refer to God. I will always point to God. And then this is where it becomes contagious. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us, uh, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. And I believe that it becomes contagious. I look at verse 3. It's contagious. When you see the Lord, 
when you rejoice in him, it just bubbles through your life. And I don't think it's linked, linked to circumstances. For sure, it's a lot easier when the temperature is favorable, right? It is, right? I prefer to go for a dip in the lake when it's 30 uh, Celsius, right? It's a lot easier. When it's a little colder, I don't want to go. It's for sure it's easier when it comes to uh, the circumstances when things are good. But in, in this verse, it says, I will praise the Lord at all time. And I really believe that's our testimony. This is my testimony in my house. That's my testimony in the church. That's my testimony in the world. And, and when I look at this and I say, how do I live like this, right? Hmm? Have you ever read, uh, read, read verses like this and you say, okay, it's all cool, it's awesome, but how can I see this in me, right? And that's what I'd like to share uh, this evening. How can I see that in my life? I'd like to break that down when it comes to how can I live a life of praise and how can I live a life of thanksgiving? The first thing I believe we need to do is I need to remember that I'm loved by him. I need to remember that I'm loved by him. And the key word is remember. One of the reasons why we have a problem when it comes to praise and thanksgiving is that our memory is very good but very short, and we forget. Actually, we forget the good that people has, had done, has done to us, and we forget the goodness of the Lord. And I believe one of the ways for us to keep the joy and for us to be thankful and grateful, it's to take the time to remember. And, and, and so when you start to remember of God's faithfulness, when you start to remember how God showed up, it's pretty impressive, right? When you have your quiet time, let's say you connect with God, and you say, okay, God, bring me back on the memory lane. Remind me what you've done. Remind me who you are. And, and it puts a smile on your face. It really does, right? When you start to think about God's faithfulness, when you start to think about what God has done in your life, like, I look at the journey in my life, and I would assume it's the same thing with you when you look at your journey. It's amazing. You see God's fingerprint fingerprints all over, right? It's so amazing how God leads us, how God brings us from A to Z. It's so unreal. And it's not deserved. It's not something we've earned. It's just the affection of God and the leading of God. For sure, I need to cooperate with them, but it's amazing. So it's important for us not to be caught in the moment and just be caught by what is around, but just to take a time to remember who God is and remember his faithfulness in our lives. And that brings a smile to our faces, it really does, right? You, you might go through uh, a hardship and challenges and you start to remember who God is. Uh, I think it, change, it changes things. And this is what we see in the life of David in Psalm 63, verse 2. He's in the wilderness, uh, in, a, in a dry land. Uh, I, I've been to Israel, I had the privilege to go to Israel. And it's when you talk about dry land, it's dry land. It's not like uh, when we think about wilderness, when I think about wilderness, I think about bush, right? A lot of trees, a lot of lake. Over there, wilderness is not bush. It's, it's dry. It's like when he says, I'm thirsty in this dry land, it's because there's no water, right? When you look at the Jordan, it's, uh, it's the size of the Pimena River. <laughs> it's not more, it's not bigger than that, right? And so you look at the fight they have for that stream of water, it's, it's crazy. But just to say that, that's the context of where David writes Psalm, or he, he sang Psalm 63, verse 2. He says, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. 
Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. In your name, I lift up my, my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the riches of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. So what David is saying here is he remembers the sanctuary. Right now, he's not in the sanctuary. He's in the wilderness, and he remembers how it was in the sanctuary. He says, I remember your power. It was so amazing when you showed up. I remember your presence. It was unreal. I was there in the sanctuary. I was offering praises to you, and, and I was bringing my prayer to you, and you revealed yourself to me. It was unreal. So now he's in the wilderness, and he remembers that. And the beauty in, this, in these verses is that he connects with God in the wilderness. Listen to this. He connects with God in the wilderness because he remembers connecting with God in the temple. You see? He was able to connect with God in the wilderness because he remembered meeting God in the temple. And as he remembers the faithfulness of God, the power of God, the beauty of God, then what happened is that he enters in God's presence. And the wilderness becomes the temple. Pretty cool, right? The, 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 the dry place becomes the place where God moves and, and touches. So it's very important for us to remember, and, and we don't want to forget. We don't want to just to do life and, and focus only on the now and forget what God has done and what, what he's able to do because we witness that. In Luke chapter 12, verse 6 says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, yet... Uh, yet none one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. That's for me, it's not a problem. It's a pretty fast count. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And, and, and so what God is saying to the Israelites, hey guys, I know exactly where you are. I know exactly what you're going through. I'm totally aware to the point that I know how many hair you have on your head. And so trust in me. Rely on me. And when you see this, when you take a hold of that, it brings praise into your heart. It really does. This world, our brothers and sisters around us, they need that. My wife needs that from me. My kids needs that from me. Uh, my staff needs that from, from me. Where I am bubbling of, of the Lord in my heart. And the only way, one of the way for me to do this, it's to remember and to remember what he has done and remember that he never changed, right? And, and, and like I said, one of the things that happens is we forget, and you find that in Psalm 78, verse 40. It says, if I look at verse 40, oh, how often they were talking about the Israelites, Israelites in the wilderness, and how often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved his heart um, in, this, in that dry wasteland. Again and again, they tested God's patience and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power or how he rescued them from the, their enemies. They did not remember his miraculous signs in Egypt, his wonders in the land of Zon. So, so, so here, it's written that they forgot. So we don't want to forget. Can you tell that to your neighbor? Don't forget. I don't want to forget, right? I don't want to forget his word. I don't want to forget his word. I don't want to forget what he says in this book. I don't want to forget the time that he washed over me and say, God, do it again. Bring a second Pentecost in my life, right? I don't want to live on the past, but I want to remember the past so I can see that God can do it again. Did you know that God is a God of redoing, redoing it again? 
Like God wants to renew, wants to revive, wants to encounter us. And one of the ways, one of the, one of the ways for us to open that door is to remember that he's the same. And remember how he loved us and how he wants to love us again and, and how he wants, he wants to work in our lives. So I, I think this is such an important component, church. It's so important for us to take a hold of this. Because it's so easy to live in, in, in this darkness and in this heaviness. And, and we get caught in that. And we forget how big our God is. And how faithful he is. And we've got to take the time just to remember and refocus on who he is. Secondly, how do I see Thanksgiving grow in my life? It's to go in his presence. It's to meet with him. And I shared that last week. And I will share that again next week. I need to get wet. I, I need to get wet in God's presence. So when we get wet in God's presence and we get encountered by God, it changes everything. It changes our attitude. It changes our perspective, you know. It changes the way we, we look at others. It changes our, our way or the, look, the, the way we look at God when it comes to our, our availability. We say, God, use me for your kingdom. It's so important for us to realize that for me to have this thankful heart, I, I need to experience his presence. And, and the reality is that if I share to you this, this well, one of, the thing, one of the thought I had in my heart when I was preparing is there's a lot of us that, we carry a heavy yoke, and in this season we're living in, it's you're living, and it's, and it's very heavy. It's crazy heavy. Some of you, you can't even sleep at night. It's, you're burdened, and it's heavy. And when you're that heavy, and things are heavy on your heart, it's hard to be thankful, right? And it's hard to be grateful when your heart is heavy. And I know that some of us, it seems like life has been unfair and things are difficult, right? Maybe how we were raised up and not beyond COVID, but maybe because of COVID and all these, uh, uh, I guess, uh, wedges and, and relationships and, and so on. It's so easy for us to be heavy, have, he have a heavy heart. And it's what do you do when you have a heavy heart? What do you do when you carry this, this heaviness and, and you know what you're carrying and you know what you're going through, but there's, but there's the presence of the Lord and you go before him and this is where you receive his yoke and it, that is easy, his burden and his light and we need to experience that. So if I want to live a life of thanksgiving, when I look at what I read earlier, how can I be giving thanks in, in, in all circumstances is when I come into his presence when I, you know, when you bring your stuff to him, have you have ever been on a trek, and you uh, you're taking a trek? We did when I was younger. We did a lot of treks and lived in like northern Ontario, and and you carry this big backpack, right? And it's heavy, and you walk and you walk, and then you arrive at the camping site, and then you unload your backpack, right? Such an amazing feeling. Can you agree? Such an amazing feeling, right? You're looking ahead, you're, you feel the, the, like your shoulders are heavy, like they're burning. It's, you feel the pressure in your back, you know, it's there. And it, you're all wet in the back because of, of, of the humidity and because of the sweat. And you can't wait to remove that backpack, right? That's one of the first things you do when you arrive to the campsite. You just unbuckle and 
oh, right? You feel so amazing. You don't have this weight on your shoulders. Well, this is what the presence of God does to us. Well, you know the problem is that some of us are carrying this backpack 24-7. And it's getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And some of you that you're just, you just it's too heavy. And actually, it all happens to us. But the difference is to go in God's presence. And it changes the climate. It changes everything in our hearts. My prayer for you is that you would take the time to soak in him. And Psalm 43 verse 4 says, Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my joy and my delight. I will praise you with harp, with your harp, O God, my God. Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in Jesus. I will always rejoice. You rejoice in him. Take the time to focus on him. Take the time to be in his presence. And when you enter his presence and when you encounter him, it changes everything. So I need to commune with God. I need to connect with God. Thirdly, how do I walk in thanksgiving? Is when I know my heart and I realize and I'm, how do I walk with, in thanksgiving is when I know my heart and I'm starting to hear myself speak and I listen to what I'm saying and because whatever I'm saying reveals what's in my heart. Have you, do you take the time to listen to, to what comes out of your mouth, right? If you're talking and what comes out of your mouth is bitterness, frustration, anger, joy, gratefulness, it all, it's all because it's from inside. The mouth is really the, the reflection of what's happened inside, right? So if I want to have a grateful life, if I want to be uh, contagious to other people, there's something that has to happen inside. If there's no change inside, it's not going to bubble from my life, so I need to see transformation inside. Like it says in Matthew 12, verse 34, it says, whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasure uh, of his heart, and an evil person produced evil things from the treasures uh, uh, um, of, uh, of an evil heart. So, so, so whatever is in my heart will bubble out. So, so how can I be grateful? Well, first of all, it's more than just be grateful with your lips, but it's to see a heart trans transformation. Why, why is there anger that comes out of my mouth? Why is there thanksgiving that comes out of my mouth? It's because of my heart, because I did let God in, or I did not let God in. And that's what I need to see. I need to see God reach my heart. So how can I live a life of thanksgiving? I've got to let God just touch my heart. Last point is I need to remember the big picture. I see important, I know important. I need to see the big picture. I remember 35 years ago, long time ago, started to pray for revival. 35 years ago. The fasting and the praying in the last three, five years, we fasted and we prayed for revival. And, and not only me, but many of you, you've prayed year after year, God sent revival. Renew the church. Come and move upon our land. And we even prayed, God, do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes. I remember being, I remember pastoring in a, in a pulp, in, uh, pulp mill. And the community was so prosper, like people basically like pushing a broom, you, you, like the pension plan, and it was rich, 
rich, rich, and people did not really need God. I remember God, what, what does it take for, for, your, for these people to come to God? And, and I remember the conversation was, God, do whatever it takes. You need to move upon them, and it, we, you need to move upon us. And, and I remember walking in the morning, day after day, God, show up, move, send revival. And we look at the time that we're in today, I've never seen what we're going through, never experienced that in my life. I know there's some people that would uh, that live the Second World War and say, well, that's nothing. But for me, that's the biggest event I've seen in my life. I, I prayed for revival. I prayed for God to move. And I see there's something happening. So I've got to step back and say, God, what are you up to? What do you want to do? What are you, what are you doing in this? And I, I really believe that when it comes to being thankful or to have gratitude in your heart, you have to see the big picture. And when you look at the big picture that we're seeing right now, I know one thing is God desires to reveal himself. It brings us to a place of desperation. I know for me it does. It brings me to a place of desperation. Uh, Pastor, are you discouraged what you're going through? No, I'm not. I, I, feel, I feel right now fuel just to go for God. I'm just fueled just to go for God, to say, God, come and move. Because I've prayed, to, I've prayed all these years to see a breakthrough, and I believe that we are at the brink, uh, at the edge of it. And God wants to use this, and he wants to show himself in, in, in our midst. So it's, it's, it's when it comes to be thankful, it's to see the big picture. Look what it says in James chapter 5, verse 8. You must be patient. Keep your hopes high, for the day of the Lord is coming near. So when it comes to the return of Christ, it's not a fear thing. It's an exciting thing. The spirit and the bride says, come, Lord Jesus, come. The spirit and the bride says, come, hold, come, Jesus, come. So there's excitement when we look at the times that we live in because we know that God is up to something. Like we sang just a, a few moments ago, God is up to something. And you know what? We know the end of the book. Can, can you tell your neighbor that you know the end of the book? You know the end of the book. You know what happens in the, at the end of the book. So I rejoice in this. I believe that God is up to something. And, and so I, I, I rejoice in my heart with the big picture. If I look at the event or I look at the moment, I might be discouraged. One of, one of the stories that really gets my attention is the story of Azu. And I don't know if I see his name right. And, and Jacob. Esau? Esau? Esau, thank you, Esau. Actually, I asked someone this week to say it properly so I could say it well, and it's still, I still forgot. So what he did, he sold his birthright for a bowl of soup. Think about that. Because of the moment, because of that event, he was hungry. He was hungry that moment. Ah, he sold his birthright for his soup. Being caught in the moment and forgetting, forgetting the big picture. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be caught in the moment. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. My stomach is crying out. I'm hungry. Will I sacrifice and mortgage everything that God has done in the past and what he wants to do? No way. So I don't want to be caught in the moment. So thanksgiving comes. You might be hungry, but you, want to, you don't want to be thankful. But if you know that, that you are uh, the... Um, the oldest son, and there's going to be an inheritance, puts a smile on your face, right? When you, you, you look at the inheritance that was there, that was a phenomenal inheritance, right? But then you get caught with the bowl of soup. 
So it doesn't balance, right? Inheritance, bar, bowl of soup. But when you're in the moment, the bowl of soup seems to be your inheritance. You make the bowl of soup your inheritance. No way. So you got to take a step back and see the big picture and see that Jesus is on the throne and he's up to something. So I get excited inside of me to say, God, let spirit and the bride says, come, Lord Jesus, come. So that's the, that's the heart of the believer. We want to see you come. Come on your white, uh, your white horse one day, but at the same time, come and move upon us. And it's so important for us to take a hold of that. I don't want to be caught in the moment. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. So we do not focus on what is seen, but what on is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I don't want to be caught on, on what is temporary. It's more than this, right? What is 70 years? What is 80 years? It just passes by. Eternity is at hand. So I, I, I rejoice in the fact that God is on the throne. Can you tell that to your neighbor? He's still on the throne. And his throne is high and lifted up. His throne is higher than any other throne. And he has a mission. It's to see people be reconciled to him. So I, I, I've got to realize that God is on the throne. I've got to realize that God is more interested in my character than my comfort. And I said that before. I look at this time in the last 18 months, God has fashioned me for a good thing because he's setting me up for, for what he wants to do. Did you know that? That God right now is setting you up to what he wants to do? It's always like this. You, what, what God does, I realize in my years of ministry, what God does in me today is going to take about five years to see it come to pass. I've noticed that. I've been long enough in this game to know that, how that works. So whatever I sow now, I will see a harvest of it in five years or so. So the thing is, I got to realize that it's a long-haul approach, and I need to realize that in all this, God is setting me up, changing me, fashioning me, and uh, molding me. I'll give you that, if I might, I don't know if I'm going to say that on, on, on Sunday, you'll notice on Saturday, sometimes I, I go off the cuff. I've, um, I've developed, as you probably know, some sores in my mouth, and um, it's been a hard go when it comes to that. And I realized in the last month that my level of stress brings more sores. So I'm saying, okay, so what do I do? You know what I got to do? I got to experience God. What I'm preaching to you is what I'm seeing in my life, what I need to see in my life. If I don't go to God and if I don't unload my backpack and I don't experience his presence, this is where I lose my peace, you see? And so, so we're going through this journey, and God is setting me up. Not that I say, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying praise God for, for the sores, but I, what I'm doing, though, I'm seeing the sores doing what God wants to fulfill in my heart, in my life. Setting me up for what, 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 is, what God has in store. I'm a little older now. At 20, 25, it seems like nothing affected me. But in this journey, I've noticed that my nerves are a little bit more fragile than 20, 30 years ago, right? Because of life in general. But God says, I want to do something awesome in the, ne in the next decade of your life. But I need to prepare you. So you got to learn to let go. You got to learn to trust me. 
That's my journey right now. And, and because there's a big picture, I don't want to be caught by the event and forget that God is up to something bigger than, than me. So I want to see James chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whether you're, you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Per- perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. For what? For what God has called you to do. So God, what he's doing right now, I don't know about you, but he's placed me on this potter's wheel. He's put me in the middle of his wheel, and he's spinning that wheel right now. And he's putting his fingers in me, and he's fashioning me, you know. So I say, God, do what you want to do in my life. I don't want to be at the end of the wheel where the the, 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 uh, the potter starts to spin the wheel, and then the clay just go flying out. I say, God, I want to be in the center of your will. Do what you got to do. Do what needs to be done so I might finish the race with fruitfulness, that I might run your race and, 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 and do it well, right? So why do you want to have this mindset? It's because God has not finished working. It's, it's, it's more than just now. I like what it says in James chapter 1, verse 19. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry, for the, 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 the human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Transform me, God. Last point here is I need to know, I, I need to trust, I, I, need, I need to know that trusting him pleases him. You, you know what makes me think about that? What, what comes to my mind when it comes to this? I need to praise God prophetically. Meaning that I praise God in advance even if I don't see it. God, I thank you for my future. I thank you for what you're going to do next year. I thank you that you're going to be there. I I believe that in January you're going to be there. I I don't know the outcome of things, but I I believe that God's going to show up. So I'm already giving thanks to God, not just for what I saw, but for what I will see. I don't know, something happens inside of me when I prophetically, pr- prophetically worship God. And I say, God, you are amazing. You are on the throne. You, you will bring nation to you. Your word is true. You will, you, will make a, you, you will move sovereignly upon the land. God, you are up to something. I don't know, it just creates anticipation and excitement. And you know what, do, what it does? It removes my eyes of what I'm going through now. It makes me see the big picture. And you know what? I don't want to miss on what God has in store. And I hope that you have the same desperation. I don't want to miss what God has in store. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that without faith it's impossible to please God. It's important for us to take up faith. Can you tell your neighbor, take faith. Take faith. See God. Trust God. Proclaim the goodness of God. Prophesy God's goodness for tomorrow. And, and, and take a hold of who he is. So I, I challenge you today to say, God, I want to focus on you. I want to unpack. I want to remove this backpack of my shoulder. I want to experience you. I want to see rivers of living water flow through me. And Father, help me to see the big picture. Amen? I would ask you to stand. Father, you're so amazing. You're so good. You're so faithful. And you are at work And I thank you that the gates of hell won't prevail against your church. We thank you that we are victorious because you are victorious. Yes, God. Beyond our circumstances, you are on the throne and you have a plan. And you're still um, 
want to make disciples. You still want to uh, reach people that are broken and lost. You still want, Lord, to, to, to show signs and wonders through the church. God, we want to see you flow through us. We want to see you like never before. Uh, we want to keep our eyes on you, and, and we want to develop a heart of thanksgiving because there's no one like you, and there's no one that compares to you. If you're here this evening and you've lost hope, or maybe, it's, maybe that's uh, it's a strong statement, you lost hope, but you, you, you're not passionate for God in this season. You're caught by the moment. You forgot the big picture. <laughs> you lost sight of Jesus on the throne. And right now he's working, working, moving, changing things, preparing us for what's, what's next. Mm. Father, we thank you. And you see in your word that you'll, yeah, the word of God will be preached across the planet before you come. And you want to raise up a, a next generation. You want to raise up a people that will be ambassadors for you, Father. You're giving us your focus. You're changing us in the inside. And that's what we pray and that's what we ask for. So, Father, just pray that you touch each person here, that you would glorify yourself in their lives, that we would be known as a people that praises your name, that walks in thanksgiving, that is aware of the time we live in and aware of you in our time. Mm. Jesus' name, amen. You may grab a seat. What a great time to have communion, right? While the, if there's one reason that we can be grateful for, it's for the Son of Man, the Son of God that died on Calvary for us. What a story, right? What a story that changed our lives when Jesus, Jesus encountered us, right? I look back on how my family was lost. Like I said before, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. We were lost in religion. We were totally disconnected with God. And Jesus showed up, changed everything. So amazing. It's because of the cross, because Jesus died on the cross for us, took our sins, our infirmities, our sickness. Is the sponge that takes all the wickedness of man. Wow, amazing, right? And we can experience this eternal sponge right now that takes the, the sin of man. It says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, verse 9, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins. So wherever you are on this journey today, you can experience Christ on a personal level. Like some people will say, I've heard this from someone, we shouldn't take communion because, you know, the church is divided and there's a lot of stress. And so well, what a great, it's the opposite. It's a great time to take communion. It's a time for us to come before God and say, God, take away my sin, change me. Change me in the inside. It's to come with humility knowing that we need help. We all do. So we acknowledge our brokenness and we acknowledge our need of Christ. So we come at the cross and we humble ourselves at the cross. And this is where God is able to heal our hearts, heal our bodies. I believe there's so much power in humility, guys. There's so much power when we meet Jesus at Calvary. 
when we admit, admit our sins or wrongdoings, when we come with brokenness, not with judgment, not with superiority, but that we come for ourselves and say, God, forgive my sin. Give me love for my neighbor. God, change my heart. Mm. That's my prayer this, this evening, that we would say, God, change me. Thank you for the cross, for setting me free, but may the cross still have its effect on me. May your cross change me from the inside out. Can I give you just a moment to just to surrender your life to the Lord, whatever it is. Maybe you're living in sin. Maybe you've walked away from the faith. I don't know where you're at, but I know that Jesus is where you are. You just got to open up. You just got to surrender. You just got to let him in. Mm. All right. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.